You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What's good? Bonjour. Hello. Hi. Hola. What is happening? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game and where they are now. Man, here we are. Today is officially the last year of summer for me and many other Griffins here in Guelph, Ontario, as university will be starting officially tomorrow and classes will be starting tomorrow. So you cannot imagine how excited I am. Yay. Woohoo. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, school's about to start, but we're going to keep going with TKO. We're going to keep delivering each and every episode to you every week. You know how, uh, you know, in the past we used to do TKO every other week. But now, you know, we tried out the every week um, uh, basis, so we really like it. So why not just keep on going with it for the entire year and, you know, just forever? So we're just going to keep sticking to that plan and we're going to give you a brand new episode every week. So that's going to be pretty exciting. What else do we have for you? Oh, yes. So uh, today we have about, I guess, seven fights to break down for you. And yes, you guessed it, because this upcoming Saturday is UFC 215 in Edmonton, Alberta. And um, it's going to be pretty exciting. We have so many exciting uh, fights coming up, starting from the preliminary card up until the actual main event of the main card. So Every single one of them is going to be exciting. And yeah, I would say do not miss it. We're going to be breaking down those fights. Uh, What else? So for next week, I'm just going to give you a heads up that we're going to be breaking down the fight that is going to happen. The boxing fight between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G Gennady Golovkin. So that's going to be one hell of a fight, guys. I mean, I feel like ever since the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight, Uh, that boxing fight I feel like all of us MMA fans have just realized how uh, how glorious it could say boxing really is and how exciting and and um you know pure it could be in terms of um sports and um and when it comes to showing skills I guess that fight is gonna be one amazing fight and next week we're gonna be breaking it down very very thoroughly But that's just for next week. This week, just like I said, we have about seven fights to break down. So let's not waste any more time. And what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Okay. So let's look at our list. Okay. So the preliminary uh, fights are going to be happening on FS1, as always, at 8 p.m. They're going to be starting at 8 p.m. You know, just for the sake of time, I'm going to be skipping the first um, two fights that are going to be happening on the preliminary card. And I'm going to get started with the first fight that I want to talk about. So that is a fight, a flyweight fight between Henry Cejudo and Wilson Hayes. Okay, you guys might be familiar with these two guys, these two talented, talented fighters. So both of these guys have actually challenged Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who's the current um, reigning champion of this 
of this weight division in the UFC at the flyweight division. Both of these guys have challenged Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, but unfortunately they've been um, unsuccessful at getting the belt for themselves, obviously, because right now we have them fighting each other potentially for another title shot if and only if Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is able to defend his belt once again. So coming back to this fight, so we have Henry Cejudo, who's the number two contender in the flightweight division, fighting Wilson Hayes all the way from Brazil, who's the number five contender in this um, weight division. So Henry Cejudo, he is a former um, uh, wrestler from, uh, you know, he used to uh, wrestle uh, for, for the USA team in the Olympics for many, many years. I mean, when it comes to his wrestling, it's just unbeatable because he's uh, he's received many medals and so many he's accomplished so many things in terms of wrestling and so i would say if you want to wrestle with henry cejudo you 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 better change your game plan because you're definitely going to get beat up when it comes to wrestling with um henry cejudo and actually in this case wilson hayes is a phenomenal wrestler too so it's kind of tricky if wilson hayes actually decides to just uh, come into the fight and wants to just wrestle uh with um henry cejudo that's gonna be pretty i mean it's gonna be pretty exciting but not it would be the smartest thing to do especially if you're facing henry cejudo but at the same time, I would say if Henry Cejudo wants to be successful in this fight, he needs to utilize his wrestling and his ground game in order to fight Wilson Hayes. He needs to tire him out. And yes, it's going to be pretty risky because Wilson Hayes himself is a phenomenal wrestler. But at the same time, I would say that would be the best um, game plan for Henry Cejudo. He needs it because he's the... I mean, they're both phenomenal wrestlers, but Henry Cejudo is just a little bit better. So I would say he really needs to utilize his wrestling and um, use that in his um, in this fight and just go for it. Go for many, many takedowns, uh, you know, as many takedowns as he can and try to uh, try tire out Wilson Hayes and uh, put so much pressure on him. And while he's doing that, he needs to incorporate his striking too. So say he's on the ground, he needs to incorporate a lot of ground and pound to uh, you know just show how dominant he is um, in, in the eyes of the judges show how dominant he is um, on top of Wilson Hayes and for Wilson Hayes to be successful he needs to tire out Henry Cejudo from a striking point of view so he needs to just come out you could say guns blazing just from the beginning if he can't keep it up it would be fantastic if he can just come out just you know uh, striking with them striking with Henry Cejudo just keep up the keep up the strikes and try to tire out Henry Cejudo from that from that point of view then he will have a lot of success in this fight but again, just like I said, it's pretty, pretty tricky when it comes to this fight because both of these guys are, their background, their initial background is in wrestling. So, you know, but you know, you will for sure know that not both of these guys are going to come into this fight trying to wrestle each other. One will try to wrestle the, uh, the other, but the other will actually try to do something else, trying to basically, you know, counter, counteract. In, in this fight in order to come on top so it's gonna be a pretty interesting fight because of all of those things that i just said so make sure that you catch this fight on the preliminary card on fs1 okay moving on to the next fight 
the last fight actually on the preliminary card it's going to be a fight for it's going to be a women's bantamweight bout between Sarah McMahon and Ketlin Vieira okay so here again we have another phenomenal wrestler Sarah McMahon also used to wrestle back in the day um, in the Olympics uh, for Team USA and also I mean oh man I just lose words when I want to uh, when I <laughs> want to talk about Sarah McMahon because she's such a phenomenal fighter not just a wrestler but just an overall fighter she's so talented and it's not just her wrestling that makes her so unique it's uh, her endurance and um, how how persistent she is uh, when she comes into a fight she will not stop for one second even if she gets tired she will just keep on going that's what I love about Sarah McMahon and Ketlin Vieira she's the number 13 contender in the women's bantamweight champ uh, excuse me in the women's um, bantamweight division yes so but you know I feel like Sarah McMahon shouldn't really underestimate Ketlin because Ketlin herself is actually undefeated at this point she's had eight wins and no losses or no draws and just looking at her stats right now she's also pretty pretty um she has a very high stamina and a a really high endurance when it comes to the fights she can do everything she can um you know come on top of her opponent through a knockout TKO she could submit her opponent and she could win through decision anything you can think of she can do so I feel like just because Ketlin is the number 13 contender in the women's bantamweight division Sarah McMahon should never underestimate her and should actually take her seriously because you never know maybe after this fight she will potentially get a chance um, to fight for the title for the women's bantamweight title and yeah, you know, Sarah McMahon really needs to watch out for it during this fight. And um, I'm really curious to see what type of game plan. Um, I mean, just like I said, Ketlin, Ketlin Vieira, she can do anything. So she can mix that up as, as much as she wants because she she's good at every at every skill set, you could say. So she can pretty much mix it up anyhow that she wants. But Sarah McMahon... You know, it could be tricky for her because her wrestling is so good and her ground game is just fantastic. I'm wondering if she will just come into this fight just uh, wanting to utilize her ground game and her grappling skills and not really focus on, on the on the striking. But, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, that's what makes the fighting game so interesting. It's because you can never really guess what's going to happen and... I mean, as a fighter, too, until you set your foot into the octagon or into the cage, you you don't really know what you're going to do. I mean, maybe just your first move, you know what you're going to do. But after that, you pretty much have to just take in all the data and uh, analyze your, uh, your opponent for the first few rounds and then figure out what you're going to do. Pretty much improvise for, for the entire fight. So that's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, and this is just the preliminary card, and we are just about to talk about the main card of UFC 215 pay-per-view. It will start at 10 p.m. 
starting with a fight between Jeremy Stevens and Gilbert Melendez. Guys, this fight is going to be phenomenal. I feel like we should just ignore the rankings at this point because these guys are pretty much veterans of the sport. They've been fighting for so long and um, in different organizations too. And they're just so persistent. They have such great stamina and they're just brawlers when you think about it. Jeremy Stevens, he's um, challenged... Um, top contenders many many times and he's been able to come on top too but you know there's a few times that he's um slipped a little bit and um you know but, it, but the fights have been really really close for him even though he's lost those fights through decision mostly and on the other hand we have Gilbert Melendez who has phenomenal grappling skills and he's also a brawler too and he has such a tough chin I mean you know, because he's a brawler, he just goes at it. And we, I, I would say he doesn't really care about um, the outcome. So if he does get punched in the face, he doesn't really care because he has the chin for it, you know. So that's what makes Gilbert Melendez so unique, especially when it comes to this fight, because his opponent is pretty tough, too. So I would say this fight is going to be pretty interesting because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're never going to see a dull moment in this fight. Both of these guys are going to bring it for sure. Um, Jeremy Stevens, especially his striking is just out of this world. He just keeps coming at you. It's not like just he he throws a bunch of punches and he stops. No, he just constantly throws a lot of volume of punches towards his opponents. And that's what makes him so so um, unique, um, especially amongst other contenders in this weight division. And for Gilbert, Gilbert, you know, even though he... He's pretty good at absorbing punches. He himself, too, he tends to just keep going forward and um, keep up with a lot of uh, volume as well and try to vary up um, his game plan, too. So he doesn't just want to strike with you. He will uh, try to grapple with you and um, perhaps even take the game to the ground. So that's going to be this fight. Also, man, so far, all the fights that we've talked about, I mean, I've said this many times. All of these fights we need to watch, I mean, with no bathroom breaks <laughs> in the middle. You just need to watch all these fights and do not even blink because you will miss something important. Because I told you, all these fights that I've talked about so far and the fights that, I, that I'm going to be talking about um, in a few minutes, they're all going to be so freaking exciting and phenomenal that you can't even blink because you will miss something, okay? There's this fight. And moving on, the next fight on this card, ooh, a fight for the light heavyweight bout. So we have Elir Latifi fighting Tyson Pedro. And Elir, you know, he's a <laughs> he's a pretty tough guy. And he's he actually looks pretty bulky when you when you look at him. He's pretty tough. I mean, there's a reason why he's called the sledgehammer. He's so bulky, just like I said, and muscular, and he his shots are extremely deadly and whoever's fighting him in this case Tyson Pedro he really needs to watch out for this guy because he's not somebody that you can underestimate even though he's a number 10 contender in the light um, heavyweight division he should never be underestimated because he has everything again he has the striking and he has the wrestling his jiu-jitsu game, though, it's not the best in the game, but it's still pretty, uh, you could say, invincible. 
But at the same time, Alira Latifi isn't someone that you should mess with because you never know when that one deadly shot is going to be coming from. And just like I said, it's mostly through um, those um, strikings and those um, deadly punches that Alira Latifi usually um, um, comes on top of his opponent and usually KOs his opponents. And, um, you know, you never know. It's, it's either going to be an uppercut or that big right hand or something. You can never really guess uh, with what <laughs> punch Ilya Latifi is going to knock out his opponent because that's just how good he is in, in, when, he, when he's fighting in the octagon. And Tyson Petra, on the other hand, he he's you could say he's kind of new in the game but he's actually he's currently undefeated he's had six wins no losses and no draws um but he you know just like i said illegal latifi's submission game isn't the best in the game but what completes this you know the yin and yang in this case is that tyson pedro's submission game is actually pretty strong so that's um I guess that's the kryptonite for Illyria Latifi. So he really needs to watch out for that. Even though his wrestling is pretty good, he really needs to um, work on his um, takedown defenses. Illyria Latifi really needs to work on his takedown defenses so that he doesn't really um, get to the ground and you know potentially even work on his submission skills too in case he gets on the ground with Tyson Pedro and he needs to defend himself or you know perhaps even um, pass a guard or just um, switch positions or something something that will help him you know um, just um, I guess go around what Tyson Pedro has um, planned up for him so that's gonna be a one great of a fight guys I mean Ilya Latifi a monster, a beast fighting Tyson Pedro, a submission artist. So, I mean, what, what can, it can't get any better than this, but I guess it can because we're moving to the second or the third last fight of the main card, which is a fight between Neil Magny and Rafael Dos Anjos. Guys, okay. This fight is going to be a lightweight bout between these two guys, but we have Neil Magny, who's one of the toughest guys in the entire organization, in the entire UFC, fighting the former champion, Rafael Dos Anjos. Okay, this fight is phenomenal because Neil Magny, his striking is on point. He's just so tough. I would say, you know, there's no way that I can beat him. Unless he can just, um, you know, be tricky and fool him around. But it's so hard to fool Neil Magny around because his fighting IQ is so high. But then, on the other hand, you have Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, there's a reason why he was the champion. His striking is on point. His wrestling is on point. He, his power, even though he's a lightweight, his power is just... You can't, it's unspeakable, you know, it's, you don't really have that in a game. And yes, recently the guys that he's been fighting and, you know, he slipped a little bit um, during his uh, past few fights. But listen, there's a reason why he was a champion just about a year ago. And, you know, I know things went, went downhill after a while, but we're talking about Rafael Dos Anjos, guys. And, you know, he's fighting Neil Magny, who's, oh my God, okay, this fight you guys, watch this fight. This fight is going to be amazing. 
I would say for Rafael dos Anjos, okay, it's so tricky because usually for, for each fight, I would say what each guy needs to do to come on top of his opponent. But in this case, because these two guys are so darn good and, you know, scale-wise, when you're comparing them to each other, they're so close and similar because they're both tough. They're both, they both have high endurance and high stamina. One thing that makes um, Rafael Dos Anjos pretty, you know, um, come on top of um, Neil Magny, just comparing um, stats and skills, I would say it would be Rafael Dos Anjos' power. Um, that's something that makes him, you know, distinguished when it comes to this fight. But for Neil Magny, his endurance and the high volume of punches that he throws and the fact that he never really stops in a fight is what makes him, um, it, I, I guess, distinguished um, in this fight. But again, it's so hard to predict who's going to win this fight. So I would say the best thing to do is actually watch this fight and see what is going to happen. Okay. And now moving on to the co-main event of the evening. Finally, the rematch between Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko. Guys, yes, this fight is going to be phenomenal because, again, we have two fighters where, you know, skill-wise, they're so similar to each other, so it's so hard to say who's going to win this fight, and um, that's what makes this fight so great. So we have Amanda Nunes, who's the current champion, fighting Valentina Shevchenko. Amanda Nunes has the best boxing skills you know in the entire game and in the entire women's um mma field because when she throws her punches she gives them a little bit of torque extra torque the way she twists um her her torso around and the way that punch is um coming around her opponent and the, uh, you know it just gives it so much more power and you know laws of physics she just utilizes them and she you know for for her own advantage and it's pretty pretty smart and useful but you know Amanda Nunes is pretty tough and she has high endurance too but at the same time you know what makes Valentina Shevchenko so much more distinguished than um, Amanda Nunes is that she don't she not only has the boxing skills the, uh, the set of boxing skills that Amanda Nunes has the phenomenal boxing skills she not only has that but she also has the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu and you know all the things that you need to have uh, in, in an MMA fight and all this skill set all the skill sets that you, need, that you need to have in order to come on top of your opponent in an MMA fight she has them and she has mastered them so that's what makes Valentina Shevchenko so much more distinguished than Amanda Nunes and I don't know man it's maybe it's because so far you know most of the fights that we've seen Amanda Nunes fight at she has only demonstrated her boxing skills and not so much her wrestling or her jiu-jitsu but you know Amanda Nunes too she's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu but it's just that in a fight when it comes to the actual fight Valentina Shevchenko is the one who actually knows how to utilize every single thing and even the tiniest skill sets that she has in order to win that fight so this fight is going to be one amazing fight and I don't want to give a prediction because usually my predictions are wrong. But in this case, I don't know. My gut tells me that Valentina Shevchenko is going to get the belt for herself. 
And I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty certain about that. But at the same time, you never know because the MMA math doesn't always work out. You never really know. Maybe Valentina Shevchenko doesn't come to the fight the way that we all expect her to. Maybe she's mentally, you know, mentally she isn't there or something. But you never know. But just skill-wise and um, just comparing um, her, uh, both of these guys' um, skill sets from previous fights, I would say Valentina Shevchenko has a really high chance of um, dominating over Amanda Nunes in this fight. So do not forget to catch this fight as the co-main event of the evening. And now moving to the main event of the evening, we have Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson defending his belt, his flyweight belt against Ray Borg, the number three contender in the flyweight division. Man, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is actually making history. So far, he's had 10 successful um, consecutive title um, defenses. And uh, he's right there at the top uh, with Anderson Silva. So, you know, he's just making history through that. So if he does win this fight, then he he breaks all the records that they are in the, in the UFC when it comes to defending uh, one's title once they have actually obtain, obtained the title. So that's pretty, pretty um, impressive for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and actually right now he's the number one uh, pound for pound contender in the UFC so that's you know good for him awesome so he's fighting Ray Borg but you know it's pretty interesting because he's Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson even though he's had all of those successful title defenses he should not underestimate Ray Borg um, Ray Borg he his wrestling uh, is pretty good and Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson it's not like his wrestling isn't good, but I feel like he should he should have um, known this beforehand and he should have um, worked on his um, especially takedown defenses because Ray Borg really tends to shoot for so many takedowns and try to take down his opponents. Um, and actually half of half of his fights, he's won through submission. So I would say Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson needs to watch out for that. But uh, I would say for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson to win this fight, uh, he really needs to utilize his striking and uh, he already has the endurance there but I would say to tire out Ray Borg he needs to utilize his striking and to just keep throwing as many punches as he can and to wobble Ray Borg I mean it's kind of tough especially when the guys are um, a bit lighter in their in their weight division because the shots aren't going to be as powerful say comparing to a heavyweight shot but in this case Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson can easily tire out uh, Ray Borg if he just keeps throwing as many punches as he can just keep up the volume and just um, basically not really stop in this fight at all and not take a break during the fight, because that that's gonna be the the the, the moment that he's um, that would be the kiss of death, you know. Um, so Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson shouldn't really do that, and all he should do is to just hustle, man, just and just keep being what he has been for the past ten fights, because that's that's definitely shown that he he um, he knows what he's doing, and um, he can always come on top. And so yeah, in this case. I would definitely give it to Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I'm sorry, Ray Borg. He's a Ray Borg is a phenomenal wrestler and a phenomenal fighter overall. But Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is just a different type of beast, man. I don't think there's anybody who at the flyweight division right now who can 
actually beat Mighty Mouse Johnson because he's just that good. But, you know, definitely watch this fight card. And, you know, just like I broke down all these fights for y'all, you already know how exciting both the preliminaries and the main card is going to be. And also, it's it's in Edmonton. So if you're listening to this right now, if and you're in Alberta and in Edmonton, do get your tickets right now and go watch this fight for yourself, you know, physically. But if you can, just buy the pay-per-view and watch it. So there you have that, guys. I'm pretty excited for this fight card coming up, especially because it's going to be um, <laughs> the fight uh, the fight on the weekend, the first weekend after school starts. So I'm really looking forward to that and hope you guys are as well. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure that you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO. And until next time, everybody, it's your girl Janon right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. <laughs>